So uh, we spent a couple days with Jeannie Buss in mid-August, as well as we were with her at the Lakers home opener. Uh, we have uh, our esteemed producers, Brad and Brian, with us here today. What stands out most to each of you from this filming? You go first, Brian. I mean, Jeannie's like, she, she's accomplished so much in her life and she's lived such an incredible life. She, she knows tons of celebrities. She runs one of the biggest sports franchises in the world. And then like, when you're around her, she just like, does not seem to, to realize how big she is. I don't know if that's like intentional or not, but there's a humbleness about her, I think. And it's remarkable the life she has lived and yet she just seems so grounded in all of it. She's humble unlike anybody we've ever profiled for an episode before. I mean, you would never have any idea she's somebody of stature without specifically knowing who she is. Yeah, I mean, that was my big takeaway too, because I know, Graham, we were talking with her when we back in August for the main sit-down part of the interview, and, you know, we're at the Lakers practice, practice facility. There are banners everywhere. There's trophies everywhere. There's, there's mementos that you know mean something to Jeannie. Or even if they don't mean much to her, they're just cool to look at. And so we would go up to her like, hey, what can you, more can you show us? And she's like, well, I don't, I don't think I really have anything here. And it's like, Jeannie, like, what are you talking about? Like, there's, there's so much cool stuff here. So we had to, like, kind of prod her to like open up to like not be as humble as she wanted to be, I think in a lot of cases. Meanwhile, she has a work of art on the wall in her office that she just casually drops, was valued at 15 million? 15 million. This is called Showtime. So this epitomizes the Showtime Lakers with Kareem and Byron and Coop and Magic and Worthy and Kurt Rambis playing against, of course, the Celtics in their green. And uh, you see Pat Riley here. You see uh, Jack Nicholson sitting over here. Oh. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Is that a lot? I don't know. <laughs> um, not in the art world. <laughs> By the way, how did you guys get her to do the birthday thing? So, you know, we're doing this on Graham's birthday. You know, what can we do? Should it incorporate Jeannie or not? So we knew we wanted to buy a cake at the very least that the crew could give to you, Graham. So we went out, bought a cake, but then day of, it's like, okay, how can we get Jeannie involved? So she was getting makeup on, and I went over, and this was maybe a half hour before we actually sat down, and I said, hey, Jeannie, like, you can totally say no to this if you want, but it is Graham's birthday today, we have a cake. Can you, maybe at the start of the interview, can you interrupt and say, actually, Graham, I have a question for you. How does it feel to turn 37? And she seemed game for it, but her first question was, she was initially hesitant, because she was like, well, is, is Graham gonna be okay if I interrupt? And I was like, yes, yes, trust She's me. She's Jeannie Buss, who exactly. the cares? Right. I'm nobody. That's, yeah. what, that's what was so funny about it too. She's like, like Yo, Graham won't, won't care, go for it. So I, I wasn't sure how, you know, if she was gonna really go for it or not, and she did, and it made for a funny, and as you already alluded to, awkward moment of saying happy birthday. Yeah, because I was super uncomfortable. Before we get started, yeah. I just had a question for you. Oh yeah, sure. Like, what's it like to be turning 37 years old? Why are you Because I'm asking me? you this question because it's your birthday yeah. and oh, you're turning you 37. And so happy birthday <laughs> to you. Uh, happy birthday to you. 
Happy Thank birthday, you guys. dear Graham. She obviously was a, a trooper, though. What was the hardest part for you guys to pull off as uh, producers? How about uh, you on site and then you back at the office? Can I do on site? Sure. You, yeah, you both can share as well. <laughs> the parking situation <laughs> with the two rental cars, like the, the Airbnb we had for the, the Jay Moore interview, like every block had different rules. Like one was like, park from three to three to 4.30. And then the next one was like, till five. And the next one was like six. So I think I spent the entirety of that Jay Moore interview reparking the cars like six times. So we've done interviews with other NBA stars on NBA grounds before, but the, 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 the amount of I's we had to get dotted and T's we had to get crossed for this was way different than other NBA episodes. We had to make sure like waivers were signed. They needed like the number of people that were going to be there, like all ahead of time. Now this is the owner of the Lakers, so you understand why it's different. So you go through lawyers and and you know get all that figured out. Everybody was accommodating, but then you go for the Lakers home opener and it's that whole thing over again. So it's all the things that you don't see, you know, on camera, that really just go into the shoot to making it what it is. How about back at the office? the most difficult part of the episode to produce in post? I, I think in, in general, it's making sure you give her her due for what she's accomplished just as Jeannie Buss, the Lakers owner, and, and not focus too much on like, oh, her dad's influence, even though that was huge. Like she's accomplished so much by herself and also encapsulating her life. You're talking about someone that grew up with Magic Johnson and she's been in the limelight for so long She's the owner for LeBron James. She lived in Pickfair Mansion. It's like encapsulating all of that of her life and making sure we're, we're telling it in a concise manner, but not leaving out important details. I, th I thought that was very difficult. Yeah, I thought, you know, my favorite part of the episode or segment or whatever is the, the Jay Moore stuff where he talks about his addiction and then we go to the comedy club where we see more about how he's, you know, he's incorporating his rehab journey into his stand-up. Our next comedian, you know, from Saturday Night Live and uh, Sharon McGuire uh, and a lot of other things. Please welcome this bitch, Jay Moore! Good to see you guys. This is fun, huh? Let's get something out of the way. You guys, you guys don't look the same either, okay? Oh, this is what happens when you quit drugs. You, you, get, you look weird, yeah. Quit drug. I went to rehab two years ago. You know how happy I am to be on a show with my brothers from SNL? I was dead. Oh my God. And so, you know, the difficulty of it is, you know, how do you, like, kind of what you alluded to, Brian, how do you tell her life story but, but be able to encapsulate and live in the meaningful moments? And, you know, I love Jeannie, bless her heart, but she talks slower than other guests we typically have on our shows. So you have to, you know, you have to be much more deliberate in post-production on what moments you want to breathe and what moments you want to get through via VO. I really respect the fact that Jeannie was willing to share about some of the challenges in her relationship with Jay. And then also giving us access to Jay to participate in this, like, that vulnerability, I, I think, is powerful, and I, I just really respect that she was w willing to share that. And by the way, I should say too, uh, they did a great job keeping a secret of their upcoming wedding because between our first visit and our second visit, they got married. And I 
remember I was on the phone with Jeannie's best friend, Stacy, as part of the prep for the uh, initial interview. And she made some comment when talking about their relationship that instantly made me think marriage plans are imminent. Now, I didn't know that the wedding was imminent, but you know, and I remember floating a couple comments to Jeannie, seeing if she'd bite and gave nothing. And then sure enough, they end up getting married on the beach in Malibu. Yeah, I thought Jay was great. I mean, I had seen Jerry Maguire, obviously, but I don't know him from that. I kind of knew him more of as, as a comedian. So no surprise, he was cracking jokes. But it's just cool to, like, he was very, very just open with the crew, making jokes with the crew. I think we had a 10-minute conversation near the end of his sit-down about how we talk to our dogs. <laughs> like, really, just really funny and, like, just really personable. And, you know, a lot of times you don't always get that. But that's okay. You just, it's just nice when you do get those moments. Do we have that on camera? Yeah. Like talking to a baby, yeah. Do you give your, your dog a voice? Right. Well, well, that's, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, no, like yeah, that, what yeah, voice does your dog have? Yeah, you do correct, correct. an impersonation yeah. of your dog if they could actually speak, I guess is what it was. Yeah. Everybody has a dog voice for their dog, right? Do you have a dog? Uh, my parents have uh, three dogs. Did you dogs grow up with the dog? Them. Oh, sure. Didn't you talk to the dog in the dog's voice? Not really. Really? My Pomeranian always has like a smile on her face and she always looks like she's going, it's true. I never knew that was a thing, but apparently that's a very common thing for a lot of people. Um, what are we leaving out that we have not talked about? Like funny moments and stuff? Yeah. I enjoyed the, the car service. Oh, I forgot. Oh, Brad, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Brad was new to ordering uh, car service for... I guess. And I, well, I want to say, say this from the, from the start, too. I, I totally understand why Brad acted the Everybody's on my side, Graham. Okay, then nobody's ordering. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Service. That's the thing, though. That's the thing. I, I, I think both things are true. I think you are more in that world, living in the lap of luxury, ordering <laughs> car <laughs> services, <laughs> and us commoners don't know what that's like. Okay, so explain well, it to us. We're peasants. She, we told her we would take care of her transportation to and from women of wrestling that we were going to with her, that she was only going to that day because of us. She was scheduled to go the next day, but made a special trip in hour and a half traffic uh, just so we could film with her there. And so when you get car service, you give them a start time and an end time. So or tell them just to keep going and charge by the hour. I don't know what you did, but it was not that. And then what happens just as she's getting ready to come out to leave? First of all, I don't remember the names, but there's, I guess, two types of services, right? I'd assume that regardless of what kind of car, car service you get, that they would call you when they arrived on site. Because I don't know what they look like. I don't know, like, maybe they, maybe they got lost. Maybe they're around the corner. So I understand that if I had booked the wrong service, why they might ultimately need to leave because I was incorrect. But to not even call to say, hey, we're here, this is it. Like, you can't tell me that that's the way it's supposed to be. So the bottom line is the car had to leave, never called me to say they were leaving, never even communicated with me day of. So Jeannie was without a car, so we had to- Just, uh, just as she was, just as she was ready leaving. to go. Yeah. And then I'm freaking the f 
out because like she's already bending over backwards for us and then we don't even like have transportation for us so i end up ordering an uber black from my phone made sure it was an suv an uber black suvs not always consistent in quality as a really high-end car service suv and this one certainly was not of the same quality. I like convinced the guy to, you know, open up the door, stand outside, like- We got waters from shirt. inside. We, we got waters, waters we put them in there. You, to bought, make this you bought him a tuxedo. Yeah, I thought no. that was very generous. To make, make this look as presentable as possible to avoid giving off the impression that, you know, we really up. And I, uh, I don't know how well or poorly we did with that, but at least uh, she didn't say anything. She posted uh, something the next day, so we're like, okay, she's okay. I mean, <laughs> like she's just a, a hell of a sport. And I, I, I think I speak for all of us when I, I say like, she could not have been nicer, could not have been uh, more, maybe at times begrudgingly accommodating, but uh, nonetheless gave awesome access uh, above and beyond what we were expecting. Just really grateful to her for the opportunity to do this. And I guess that'll be the final word for- That's all we got. For Bradley and Master Mueller, I'm Graham. Goodbye. <laughs>